Hello, and welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Carrie Donahue, in for Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Tuesday, August 2nd, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. Nancy Pelosi's plane has touched down in Taiwan's capital city, Taipei. The largest tower in the country flashed the words, thank you, and Taiwan hearts U.S. to welcome her. The House Speaker is the highest ranking U.S. official to visit the island in 25 years, and she's doing so in defiance of recent threats from the Chinese government. Chinese warships and aircraft are crowding the strait between mainland China and Taiwan, And Reuters is reporting the U.S. Navy has deployed four warships east of the country. Speaker Pelosi released a statement this morning saying, quote, America's solidarity with the 23 million people of Taiwan is more important today than ever as the world faces a choice between autocracy and democracy. She also says her visit doesn't violate any U.S. policies. A CIA drone strike has killed a mastermind of the 9-11 attack, al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri. The Biden administration planned the attack for months after learning al-Zawahiri was living in downtown Kabul following the Taliban's return to power. President Biden addressed the nation last night. Justice has been delivered, and this terrorist leader is no more. The U.S. says the strike on Saturday evening was so precise, al-Zawahiri was killed while standing on a balcony, and reportedly no one else in the House died. You remember Cassidy Hutchinson. She's the White House staffer who gave powerful testimony at the January 6 hearing. Hutchinson's role after Donald Trump left office has been a matter of scrutiny lately. If she was so dismayed at Trump's actions surrounding the riot, like, did she stop working for him? Well, apparently not. Insider's Dave Leventhal says public records exclusively obtained by Insider confirm Hutchinson worked for Trump for weeks after he left the White House. So the documents also indicate that Trump kept Hutchinson on his small team of post-White House staffers, even though he recently insisted that he barely knew Hutchinson and that he had rejected her for such a job. Donald Trump has made a last-minute endorsement in today's Missouri Senate GOP primary. His choice? Eric. That's all he said. Eric. Trouble is, there are two Erics battling it out for this nomination. One is the scandal-plagued Eric Greitens, who stepped down as Missouri governor in 2018. The other is Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Both campaigns claim the endorsement is about their Eric. Reached for clarification by NBC News, Trump's office said unhelpfully that the endorsement, quote, speaks for itself. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, Dave left us a conversation about a man who accidentally threw away a hard drive worth millions of dollars. As inflation drives the cost of everything up, Gen Zers are racking up the most credit card debt. According to a report from credit score company Vantage Score, people under 25 have 30% more credit card debt than a year ago. That's nearly three times the overall population and more than millennials who are carrying on average 22% more credit card debt. Americans might just be spending more on travel and dining than on paying off credit cards, but it could also be wages not keeping up with inflation. 
It's an important week for abortion rights in the U.S. First up, Kansas voters will decide today whether to end the state's constitutional abortion protections. It's the first statewide vote on an abortion ban since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June. Meanwhile, in Michigan, a judge ruled Monday that local prosecutors cannot enforce the state's abortion ban following Governor Gretchen Whitmer's request for a temporary restraining order. Pepsi is jumping into the energy drink craze. The company has invested $550 million in Celsius, which markets itself as a healthier alternative to brands like Monster and Red Bull and targets younger, more fitness conscious people. With a little over 8% stake, Pepsi plans to get Celsius onto more shelves, especially at gas stations. One of Atlanta's biggest outdoor music festivals, Music Midtown, has been canceled due to the state's open carry gun laws. That's according to Rolling Stone and Billboard. The September festival's been around for a decade, and 50,000 people were expected to catch headliners like Jack White, Future, and Fallout Boy in Piedmont Park downtown. But pro-gun advocates insisted Georgia's so-called carry anywhere laws prevented the organizer Live Nation from banning guns at the festival. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's space junk falling from the sky and barreling towards your placid Australian field. So people heard the sonic boom of it re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, and people saw the bright light and bits breaking off. That's astrophysicist Brad Tucker, and he recently inspected the debris, which fell in a remote field in New South Wales last month. In his YouTube channel, Tucker says it's most likely from fragments of the trunk of a SpaceX aircraft. The largest is a 10-foot-tall triangle wedged into the ground. Scary, but cool. I've never seen uh, a piece of space junk fall like this. This is an extremely rare event, uh, and it was super exciting to be out there to help verify and confirm it. Have you ever thrown something out by accident only to discover that you needed it, like really needed it? Well, Insider's Isabel Asher Hamilton has been following the case of a man in Wales who accidentally threw away a hard drive worth millions of dollars in 2013 and everything he's been doing to try to get it back since then. So, Isabel, first off, can you give us the background on the story? How did someone have a hard drive worth so much in the first place? So... The guy is named James Howells, and he is from Wales, and he was one of the very first people to start mining Bitcoin. So in about 2009, I think it was, he mined what is now worth a lot of money, but at the time only cost him a few pounds or a few dollars to mine. He threw the hard drive out in 2013. He had two identical looking hard drives in a drawer, and the wrong one ended up in the rubbish bag and his partner took it to the dump. So it's been gone almost 10 years now. This is exactly why you don't throw away your hard drives, people. Don't throw away anything of value. So actually, how much Bitcoin was there on this hard drive? 8,000 Bitcoin, and the value of that fluctuates. So when I published the article, that was worth around $181 million. But if he'd got his hands on it at the end of 2021, I think it would have been closer to half a billion. Oh my God. So, you know, I, th- I think people may have heard the story before. It is obviously wild to lose that much virtual money and have no way to recover it. So what made you actually want to check back in on James now in 2022? It was actually my editor's idea. She was just curious about how he was getting on. And by happy coincidence, he was closing in on finalizing this 
business plan, which is a proposal that James wants to put to Newport City Council, who are in charge of the dump where his hard drive is currently buried. And it's a proposal that basically includes getting a bunch of funding, about 11 million in total. And the idea being that he would have funders who would kick in that money, regardless of whether the hard drive was found or whether you know, even if it is found, let's say, they couldn't get the Bitcoin off it. These backers would still be willing to put in the money basically to fund the treasure hunt. And so tell me about the actual treasure hunt. Why do you need that much money to go and look for a hard drive? And what's the actual plan here? Yeah, so the broad strokes of it is that they would have to go into the landfill, which is all buried under the earth, and they would have to excavate it. So they would have to dig up the specific parts of the landfill that they know electronic waste is buried in. And they would have to be very careful because it's a landfill that has hazardous materials and asbestos buried in it. So they'd need to make it like a full commercial operation, which is James's plan. And they would need to take everything that they dig up and sort through it. So that would be a combination of getting, you know, human workers to put it on a conveyor and just, you know, sift through it with gloves and stuff like that. And there's also an element of the plan that involves getting some robotics in there, which would be like kind of like a scanner at the airport, except that it has a sort of mechanical arm on the inside and some AI vision. So it would basically scan and anything that looks like it might be James's hard drive, the arm will grab. Do you have any sort of sense on what his odds are on actually executing this proposal? (laughs) You know, the plan itself is pretty wild and out there. But do you get a sense that any venture capitalist will bite on this plan? So the big problem isn't really the VC so much as the council, because the council has been telling him for almost 10 years that he is not allowed into the dump. They say that they're worried about the ecological damage. It's fairly binary in a sense, because it all comes down for the moment, at least, to whether the council lets him in. And this business plan is his sort of best shot at convincing them. But we went to them for comment in the story and They gave a quote which was something along the lines of, there's nothing he can show us. So that makes it sound like his chances are pretty slim. And I think that if this doesn't work, the next step for him is going to be legal action, which will also be very difficult. You know, when I read the story, I kind of like oscillate between emotions of, geez, man, just let it go. Like, just move on with your life. And then the other feeling of like, man, if I lost millions upon millions of dollars somewhere, I would also try to get it back in any way I could. So when you were talking to James, how does it seem like he feels about it after all this time? So I think that he feels he's in the best position he's been since he started trying to get it back because he's got all these advisors who he's now sort of lined up. I do think that since the article went out and we got comment from the council saying there's nothing he can show us, that was probably a bit disheartening, but he's definitely still going to keep pushing. I don't think backing down is an option for him. I believe that. Well, I know I'm personally rooting for James. I think he represents everyone who has ever made a huge, gigantic mistake and wishes they could take it back in order to reverse their fortunes. Isabel, thank you so much for talking with us. No worries. Thank you. Isabel Asher Hamilton is a senior tech reporter for Insider. She focuses on big tech, privacy, and workers' rights. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Carrie Donahue. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Talk to you soon.